Welcome to Karate in the Garage. I'm Corey Culp. I'm Freddie Wolf. <laughs> well, I didn't think we we're going to get going on this second episode of the month <laughs> the same way we started Dude. the other one. Okay, we said last episode, Barbarian Queen, that it was... That it was going to be hard to beat. It was going to be hard to beat, and we think we found our, our Snake Eater 3 early in the month. No. But... <laughs> if there was a Snake Eater 4... This is it, yes. even though Sorceress yes. came before. Sorceress Barbarian. came before Barbarian Queen, right. but not in the order we watched them. No. I want to I want to duck dive in right, right away because we talk, a lot of the things we're going to talk about this month is going to be, hey, I saw this cover and I want to rent this movie because I would fit right in the window of time when this movie hit VHS. Uh, um, the cover, the, the one sheet, the poster, whatever you want to call it in this case, it promises something that it most certainly you know is not going to deliver. And it, for me, it kept making me say, where's my fucking flying lion? I want my flying yeah. lion. And what happened when the flying lion finally gets there? Go away, flying lion. <laughs> You're like, what, what is this? It looks like something that was left over from uh, Battle Beyond the Stars. But no, but the effects look good in that. This is just... Well, the, this, it was, a, it was a, a puppet that had no articulation whatsoever. To me, it doesn't bother me because it just falls in line with everything else that I'd seen up up, in, up until the eighty minute mark when the lion shows up. Well, yeah, and then but then I'm, I wasn't expecting a whole lot from the flying lion, right? But being okay, honest. And, then, and then what else is on the cover? You got you got uh, a, a monkey a wielding an axe. There's a snake sl uh, slithering between a barbarian lady's legs. Yes. Implying something else by the way it looks. Sure. And then there's that crazy monkey, dude, that like, you know, shows up. It's almost, dude, this movie is almost as good as Wizard of Oz. Almost. I love this movie, dude. <laughs> well, like, it's, it's, I would buy this on the, if Vinegar Syndrome <laughs> put this out with some fucking, they didn't have to put any extras on it for me. All they have to do is fucking just bump the sound up so that it rumbles. And I would totally pick this up. I'd break my fucking no Blu-rays well. for the year. And I would totally buy this. It's fucking so ridiculous. What's so weird? It's called Sorceress. So you think that, oh, that might, where's the Sorceress on the cover, right? Yeah. There is no Sorceress. <laughs> no, there's not. I mean, they, they attempt to make, the, like, I don't know, when, when uh, what's his face? Ba Badar, Badar. Dude, and fuck Badar, dude. Is there a guy who, like, when he says, I'm too late. I'm like, you make a fucking habit of being too late, dude, because you were too late in the opening scene when they brought out the claw and fucking fixed that woman. That was, you were too late then, and you're too late again. So, yeah, you should just go burn yourself in the fire. There's lots of things that happen in this movie that, that make you just, like, scratch your head. And you're very, it's very confusing as to like choices that are made in it. And and you're talking about uh, that Baldar guy. Are you talking about the guy that it looks like he's a throwaway from Lord of the Rings? Yes. Yeah. That yeah. Guy, the guy I, who shows, for the first time we see him, he doesn't really have a big beard. 
and he shows up and yeah, you know, he gets into it with Tragon right, right there at the beginning, you know, <laughs> yes. first oh, yeah. life. it's my first life when the chick stabs him <laughs> by accident. And the guy playing Tragon, Roberto Ballesteros. Oh, wow. That dude. dude's like, he's like the Spanish Kim Coates. <laughs> yeah, dude. hundred percent Spanish Kim Coates. I kind of loved him, dude. I thought oh, he was no, awesome. Oh no, he was great because he was so <laughs> awful. <laughs> he was so bad, but so committed to fucking everything yes. he was doing. That's why I loved it. Like, uh, I, you know, I don't even know where he's, I mean, sometimes <laughs> his eye line, I don't even know what the fuck he's looking yeah and it wasn't like he was looking at cgi creatures because those little the monkeys and everything was i do even if they're in bad suits at least they were in the front and i would say this about this movie <laughs> trigon is not afraid to be bad that's that's the thing i love no about, like, dude he just totally goes for it yeah he's he's maybe like he is in full villain mode yes this movie we should talk about it like this. This is like that first wave of movies after Conan. And and what this right. movie does better than Barbarian Queen is all the fight stuff in this movie is actually looks pretty good. The sets look pretty good. Right. You know, I mean, it looks like, dude, and the costumes. Like, I, I do the Barbarian cat when he shows up, you know, the fucking guy who's like, where it gets shady is later on, you know, when, when they try some stuff that's just beyond their means. But hey, you know, they gave it a shot. It's not any worse than an episode of Star Trek. Well, right, but except for you know, twenty years after yeah. that, but fifteen. Oh, 15. Yes, who's counting? No, um, I was, but poorly. Yeah, uh, but God, dude, this movie is fucking ridiculously fun. And look, you know, it's here. Let's just start here. So the whole thing, right, is we're supposed to. The hardest <laughs> thing for me to get over is believing that these two. That, first of all, the guy who was entrusted with these two girls to yeah. make sure nobody knew they were girls failed. Yes. On miserably level. <laughs> like you failed dude. Cause they're, they look nothing like girls and uh, the two that are one, as they keep saying in the movie, uh, oh, yeah. Lee Harris and Lynette, her sister, Lynette twins, former playboy playmates. Sounds about right. Running around very scantily clad in this film. Or yeah, you know, naked most of the time. Quite honestly, <laughs> yeah, quite honestly, naked. I mean, we're we're introduced to them in in, a, in a, dude. That is the best intro. That's the best intro. Seriously, of them and the best intro of Pan. Yeah, it couldn't have been like Pando's. <laughs> Pando's sees the twins like in the in a lake, and he's just beating his goat dong. Dude, totally is like. I mean, they're not even trying to like. <laughs> what is he doing? You know exactly what he's done. I feel like every time he's every time he's bleeding, he's beating. <laughs> he took away Joe. Oh, sorry. <laughs> he's bleeding off. He's bleeding off. Yes. <laughs> and just what? Okay, the, this is where the setup is. Where we find out that that this is one of those many things where their surrogate father failed him. <laughs> Correct. They're like, what's that horn between his leg? Or that's something between his legs? Oh, it's a horn. He looks unfriendly. <laughs> I'm not taking any chances. And they punch, she punches him in the face. And he's like, whoa. And, for, if, and this movie's got its moments where it, it, uh, it has some, they have some, I'm talking about the last movie having those commando one-liners. This one's got plenty of them. Hell, it ends yeah, on one. Yeah, but somehow the, the way that they, at least the language in these is kind of like, it could, maybe they could yeah. say it in a movie like this. It, it doesn't sound like they just came out. They just rolled in from Malibu. Well, I mean, so much. But, but you know, George Corman's version of Willie Ames, right? He, oh yeah, he, yeah, he's got he he came right out of right out of Northridge, dude. He's <laughs> yeah, sure. 
the, the our last me barbarian queen was chock full of people that were just came right out of a, a Northridge hairstylist or dance studio. Yeah, man. But this is just the one guy, the Willie Ames. What the hell is that guy? Is it Ehrlich? Uh, yeah. No, not yeah, Ehrlich. Ehrlich. Right? That's Ehrlich. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now I know it's Ehrlich. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Weirdest scene in the movie, dude. dude. <laughs> okay. I don't want to. We're, we're not really big on not worrying about. We don't care about spoiling shit, but I don't want to. That's one of those. I don't want to. Please, I don't, don't want to even talk about that because. No. It's just. Nope. It's got to be seen to be believed. But but part of it. But let's just go ahead and finish talking about the twins for a second. Again, they've been raised as Boys. Well, they're not even raised as boys. They've been raised no, as boys, but they weren't raised. They were raised as nothing. Told they yes, weren't. Like they were there's not, no difference. There's no there's difference no that they're or that women weren't even women. It's how do you get to be their age 20? and not and not because they weren't the only women in the fucking village. Nope. <laughs> their mother was there. Um, <laughs> so stupid. I think they had a sister who was all they were because somebody was burning in that pile of bodies when. Uh, <laughs> Bidar walked on. I must punish myself for being late. Oh my god, dude! When he just walks into the fire, I'm like, "What am I watching?" Yeah, I'm like, "What in the hell is this, dude?" Yeah, it just keeps going though, right? Right. Like, uh, so they they meet Pan and the Barbarian, right? And he takes a vow, and then he's like, "You two don't know the difference." Like him trying to explain to them, "You guys don't see any difference." (laughs) And she's like, "What do you mean? Like these?" And they both flash their boobs. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and, and so they what they so they realize they got to they got to go and they they've got to avenge they got to kill Tragon and and uh, our barbarian friend what the fuck is his name I fucking forgot what is the barbarian's name is it it's not, it's is it is it Bald now Baldar is that freaky I'm trying to remember who that guy is is it Douglas Sandoval no I don't think that's him maybe it is but I'm just gonna call him refer to him as the barbarian because he is on a quest of his own. To find Ehrlich, who we find out is the son of a king who's gone kind of rogue because he just, he's crazy. He wants to go out and hustle dice games instead of, you know, <laughs> be a prince because that's what you do when you're bored. He's basically Aladdin. Yeah, kind of. So these two twins were raised as boys and they don't know the fact that they're they don't obviously realize. the most voluptuous boys <laughs> on the entire planet sure but the, i don't know it's, it's so bizarre how they kind of don't they're they don't get past that and they don't seem they seem very homeschooled on top of it <laughs> just the best way to say that <sighs> just trying to think of what else just, i'm trying to dance around certain things but i because i don't want to even like tease it i want people just to see it and i'm finding there's a bunch of moments like that let's see we're talking about the twins we're talking about Ehrlich. we're talking about pando by the way pando I was played by David Milburn in this. He's the he's the the goat boy, the the satyr. Is it satyr? Is it satyr? How do you pronounce satyr. it? It's satyr. Satyr. All right. Anyone knows satyr, satyr. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's the goat guy. <laughs> the goat guy. He's the pan. I just call him pan. The writer of it, Jack Hill, who also produced it, along with Corman, he wanted to put Sid Haig in that part. Yeah, because they go back to Spider Baby and a bunch of other stuff. Right, um, but Corman wouldn't pay the dough, so that's why we get David Miller playing him. But you know what? If it was, but if it was Sid, we would actually he would have said some lines other than bleeding and beaten and all, all time in a bush. Yeah, probably it would, have been, it would have been like there would have been some beaten, but if it would have been some, there would have been some dialogue with it. Yeah, the, and okay, so and the uh, and there's two other characters we see quite a bit in this. Krakenon is that how you pronounce his name? Because I like I I didn't. Yes, he, he's the sidekick to to Tragon. That's his. 
guy Friday that goes around and does all his bidding for him. Cracking on! <laughs> woof, woof, woof. The closest thing, I guess, we're going to get to what's on the cover uh, or the one sheet. Is Conti, is Conti, is, is she kind of a sorceress? No? No. The, uh, the other, the, the woman who sort of tra- traps the twins at one point, and then we see her, you know, she, and she's always with, uh, she's like, he's angry because he was promised the other twin. <laughs> Talking about the little monkey guys. Oh, what is that? Was she a sorceress? Was she Trigon's, uh, or is she just you know Trigon's old piece from when he was a kid? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, she she shows up, she goes away, she but she does show up back and forth. But I'm never sure if she has any powers or anything other than you know she lied to the twins. Hey, yeah, just immediately after they were told not to answer the door for anyone. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, okay. It doesn't matter. Again, it doesn't matter because the story has to move on. Okay. And then we got Douglas Sanders playing Who Knew. Who Knew? Now, Who Knew is the closest thing we're going to get to that monkey you see holding an axe Yeah, on the poster. The best way to describe him is probably Big Lots Chaka. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> it's like it's at least with Chaka on Land of the Lost, you got his real face. You got the performer's real face on there and all the makeup around it. This is this is just straight up little person in a suit. Yeah. And it's like there's no hiding it. It looks like something out of Time Bandits. Yeah. I mean, if I'm being honest, like not maybe one of the Time Bandits themselves, but something else from David Warner's collection of misfit broken toys. Maybe so. Yeah. But not in a bad way, in a like a B ver- a D version of that. I think probably the funniest thing in the movie is, and, and you know, it's a, you, I, and I'm glad you made the the Wizard of Oz reference because I was going to lead on that. Because you think that Hunu in the monkey suit is it. I mean, you know, there's only one of him because there seems to only be one of everybody except for the twins, right? And as far as uh, pans and yeah, barbarians and all that, Uno barbarian, <laughs> Uno barbarian. Um, well, no, there's more than one Hunu, and they send him off to go. <laughs> yeah. To go fuck with everybody's plans and go yeah, after man. Pando and Baldar and and I think it was, I don't and they promise it. him one of the twins because one of them's getting sacrificed. Very yeah. key plot point. Yes, and this is when they're they're coming to, to snag one the twins, and you can like basically told the monkey, "I'm like, yeah, you can have that one. You can have the one we're not using." <laughs> so next time we see them, there's there there there's Hunu and like seven other. Who knows? You know, low rent Pakuni, like throwing <laughs> whatever they are, throwing their nitrous coconuts at everybody. <laughs> Dude, that's the best part. The <laughs> nitrous coconuts. I was just like, <laughs> more green mist. Come on. <laughs> um, oh, dude, speaking of green, the fucking laser system at the end. Oh, of- <laughs> dude. Oh, my God. It looks like it's straight out of, remember the video game Tempest? Yes, I love <laughs> Tempest. That one, right? This came out in 1982, right? And I'm like, and I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, De Palma stole this for Body Double. Yeah, totally. With the whole, uh, with the I Frankie goes to Hollywood I, sequence. I, I, you know, that's not, that's not a, that's not a, because I bet this is something De Palma probably would sit down, you know, after a hard day's work on Just to Kill and be like, oh, I gotta watch, you know what I'm gonna watch? I'm gonna watch Sorcerers again. <laughs> While he was cutting, he was he was editing Scarface, and he was watching Sorceress <laughs> with a mountain of cocaine. <laughs> okay, I want to. That's funny you mentioned the cocaine. 
So this is a New World Pictures movie. This isn't, you know, we know in a few it's years. It's not Concord yet. Yeah. Not, yeah, it's not a combination of two, but there, there is a, a another partner in this, and it's called Conocene, okay? Or it's probably Conocene. But the problem is when you look at the word, it's C-O-N-A-C-I-N-E. I'm like, isn't that like an, isn't that cocaine? <laughs> if you isn't that cocaine and you jump in word Italian, jumble? <laughs> Italian for cocaine? <laughs> Yeah, if you take one of the ends out, it's cocaine. If you can, the letters are all there. I'm yeah. like, that's fucking weird. It's like anyway. a cipher. <laughs> Dude, I can't believe this movie's only a 4.4 rating on IMDb. Uh, it's it's far better than Barbarian Queen. Barbarian Queen is gold. So I was surprised to see that 4.4 also. I was really thought this would have gotten higher just for the third act. The big standoff with flying, with the flying yeah. whatever head. <laughs> Look, man, I would look. I would. I would. I would. Go, I would go as far as saying, as far as Conan ripoffs go, I'd rate this pretty high, dude. Because I've seen a oh, bunch yeah. of them, and to me, this is better than things. Some things that we're not going to cover, like Sword and the Sorcerer. Sword and the Sorcerer is not good. It's that's a nostalgic movie for anybody yeah, that yeah, is into it. Sure, Lee Horsley from fucking Matt Houston. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know I've seen it, and it is, but I had never really. I don't think I'd seen Sorcerers since I was a kid. And I remember like, I remember watching it on VHS, but I don't remember, I didn't remember all those weird pieces like the pan thing and, and the, you know, I, but to watch it as a, then take it all in, it's a hell of a lot more enjoyable and, and competently made than a lot of those other barbarian movies from the time. Yeah, it's funny too, with this, movie and you know, I didn't notice this when I was 13. Cause why would I, it's the Corsican brothers also at, at the, yes. at the base of 100%. Again, I, I, I wasn't real familiar with the literature, but I knew the Cheech and Chong movie. You knew it from Cheech and Chong. Absolutely. <laughs> right? I was just going to say, this is better than the Cheech and Chong Corsican brothers though. Uh, yeah. For mm, what they're trying Corsican, to achieve. Corsican brothers is real hard to get through. I tried to watch it a while back. Yeah. Uh. Well, again, we're living on. <laughs> yeah, look, we could always go back. Look, we should. There's, there's a whole bunch of movies we should revisit. Like, we should do a whole month of like Corsican Brothers, Yellowbeard, maybe Jabberwocky. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But good lord, this is one of those ones I really feel like this is again that lends itself so much to uh, the communal thing. Like having this be like a live stream, like a like a streaming watch movie watch with a bunch of people because I've it's like. You want to talk about certain things, like when you go get a piece of pie after you've seen a movie. This, this, you can't, it's hard no. to talk about this. And I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Is something you should, this is something you should watch with yes. other humans because it's too much fun. Yeah. I mean, I would put this thing up there, like, as far, I mean, I, I'm a fan of Beastmaster. And I, and I would say I would put this, while it's not as, I don't know, I'm not going to say it's not as good as Beastmaster because I can only, I can only rate Beastmaster's as an enjoyable watch. I don't know that I think it's a good movie, but it's enjoyable, memorable. I have a lot of fond memories of Beastmaster, but is it a good movie? I don't know. Is this a good movie? I don't know, but it's enjoyable as hell. Yeah. And it's competently made. Like I said, like nothing looks, I mean, the thing that Conan has over all of the, these things is John Milius. Right. But this movie, not that it comes anywhere close to that, but it doesn't, I don't look like, doesn't look like the sets are going to fall over to me until we get to the very end right. <laughs> when they're underground. And even that looks not bad, but I don't want to give all that away because dude, it, because when it turns into thriller well, and suddenly the 
the skeleton people in skeleton suits <laughs> when they when they start just kind of lumbering around and moving super fast and not knowing where they're going and they just start grabbing people. When fucking Baldar and I don't know, is it Mira or Mara that fall into they they get in the quicksand? Yes. It's so like and they fall down below where all the where the tomb is. I when that happens, it, it just reminds me of like going, remember how more how much more impactful the special effects show was at Universal Studios? Yeah. When they had the quicksand during the Western show and all that. That's like when you see that moment in the movie, I'm like on, oh yeah, well that was yeah. People that 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 meant more to people in 1982 yeah. than it did because no, it was, dude, it was in 1982 that was cool and also I gotta say it wasn't terribly done you know and I know how they did it because I had to do something similar to that but we did it in reverse with somebody crawling out of a grave in burying the X right so but it, it doesn't look bad and the blocks falling on top of it the whole thing and them sort of sinking yeah I mean it look for what it is it's not overly sophisticated but hey look man it works. Because they went for it, <laughs> right. is what I'm going to say. They they weren't half stepping it. No, you know this movie was shot in Mexico, and uh, it it looks it funny because I, I I wasn't sure where it was shot until I looked it up. But um, yeah, I mean everything about it, they did some you know for a Corman prod. The the builds aren't bad. No, whatever money they spent, they got their money's worth. Yeah. They had that Mexico location change two weeks before they started shooting. They were like, they were going to do it in Portugal. Right. And then in, something that didn't work out. So they're going to shoot in Italy. Like Cormac kept changing I thought, things. Yeah, the I, thought they shot, I, I thought it was shot in Italy For until sure. I actually looked it up. Right. Because of some of the dubbing. I, like the guy that plays Tragon, I thought he was Italian, but he's not. He's mm -hmm. actually a Spaniard. I was like going, I was like, whoa, fuck. I wouldn't have thought that because he looks, he looks like he's Italian. And he was probably, out of all the dubbings, he probably the one that was. The, the most obvious oh, yeah. <laughs> dude the worst part of this movie and again i don't want to ruin everything but dude when they have Ehrlich strat and they put him on that greased pole it looks okay terrible. okay i, mean, I like almost forgot about this whole fucking scene <laughs> the spike when they shut I, when okay. they cut down to the spike dude i literally it was like oh i like clenched but up do you know what's funny the, the first two times like i'm like he's on a greased pole i don't get it i couldn't see the the stupid spike at first. Right. Because the first one or two shots, you don't see it because they stay wide and like they didn't have the coverage to show the close up of it or something. I don't know. And, but as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh shit. You, and I rewound it just to make sure. I'm like, did I just miss that? I'm like, you can't really see it. Um, but fuck. I don't even know what to say. Again, it's like, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't get, I don't know what's going on there, honestly. I, I want to talk about that, but I don't. It's another one of those visuals that I just don't want to ruin for anybody. Nope, I don't want to say any more about it, dude. I mean, there's there are so many like crazy. There's so many crazy over the top things in this movie that I can't believe they actually did. But I mean, you know, maybe that. I mean, I have heard about the grease pole. I knew what one was. So when well, I saw yeah. the pole, when I saw yeah. the pole, I was like, oh my god, please! And then literally, there's the final. There's a shot that reveals the spike. Yeah, where he's and I was just like, oh god. Let's just let's just say this. Uh, he's not worried about the splinters on the poles. Exactly. The greased splintery pole is the least of his fucking troubles at this moment. <laughs> I mean, dude, that is fucking fucked up because it's, it's literally, so you don't need, you don't need to see, he, again, it, you don't need to see it happen to fucking feel all fucked and fuck yeah. you up inside and got, because it's literally, I was like, oh. Is it close as it gets to And I'm like, oh my God. There is no framing composition that could sell to be able to sell the look of how close he is to that spike. No, 
so that tells me he's really close to that spike. Nope. He's very close to it. I mean, they've got him safety off, obviously, but obviously. good God, dude. It, yeah, it's disturbing. And thank you for pointing that out too. Unlike Barbarian Queen. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I think there might be a safety guy on set for this movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like there is a stunt coordinator and I feel like, you know, there were safety <laughs> protocols in place. Yeah. It was Mexico as opposed to where the fuck they shot. Uh, Colombia or Brazil. Argentina. Wherever <laughs> I love if you're watching, if you're watching the trailer for Sorceress on IMDb, the, you see them come out of the pond and punch Pan in the face fully topless. <laughs> In the trailer. On the trailer. In the dude, yeah. Look at the trailer. Because <laughs> oh, you know what I was saying? It's 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 a red band trailer too, I think, when it starts playing right away. Yeah. Okay. I really feel like, and this we talked before about how some movies can just be super short. Our episodes can be super short because we love the movie. Or this is like the first time we're really dancing around stuff because we want people, it's such a visually dude. The, yeah, it, the moments are too visual to talk about them. Yeah, I I can't do them justice. I mean, no. dude, look, and I would I would say I don't even know where to say it, dude, because even the stuff. I mean, it's all fantastic. Yes. I, I have no complaints with this movie. I mean, there's some dumb stuff in it that it wasn't kosher than it is it kosher now. No. But those things aside, this movie is like just bananas, bananas, bananas. <laughs> the lion starts shooting green lightning out of his eyes at a floating head, and this, it, come on, dude, and what and what the fuck's that floating head? I don't even know who that is. That's like a sorceress. You like, know what, okay. That's the woman that he, that, uh, is that, is that who, uh, Trigon was saving himself for? I don't, you know how sometimes you come across these smaller countries, horror movies. This felt like one of these, like this Malaysian yeah. horror movie that I've yeah, 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 seen yeah. like a poster for early Bollywood movies that were doing horror. Didn't have a lot of, uh, high production value on like a lot of their a lot of their output now is really high level stuff in India, but this felt like something like from that time where it felt like this. Okay. If anybody's seen, um, the Manitou. Oh yeah. And the ending of that movie that is completely, it's, is it not the same fucking ending? Kind of. Yeah. It, it differences is one had a little bit. If you think the ending to Manitou looks terrible, just wait, <laughs> just wait. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that. I, I want to say I, I lean to this is a better ending than Manitou because uh, just if I was to watch them both blindly, like if you were to show me both yeah. endings, I'd be like, oh yeah, the first one was better. <laughs> yeah. But not by much. This is a better movie than Manitou, by the well, way. Well, I wouldn't disagree with that. I mean, for what they're <laughs> trying to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look for entertainment value. I would, I would watch this again in a heartbeat over Manitou, but yeah. We, and we, talk, we talked last week about, about how Roger Corman knew how to make a movie really inexpensively and still make a ton of money. Apparently, like when they were doing this, he, he cut the budget drastically on, on Jack Hill while they were making it and vet to the point where Jack had walked away from it, the movie. But the supposed budget was $500,000. And I always knew he was like a sub-million dollar kind of guy because he knew his movies hitting the drive-ins would make a ton of money. Yeah, we got start, He was starting to get concerned around this time how VHS was going to change the way they did things. Kind of not unlike, ironically, how the porn industry was worried about VHS coming in and, and ruining things for them. Although it, but for the porn industry, I think, like, well, it kind of boomed for both of them, right? Like, I mean. Oh, yeah. But but but, but the, that was the irony is that they're the ones that grabbed a hold of it and like made the most yeah. of it. Totally. And they realized that they could, they didn't have to go through this whole process. They could get their movies out that much faster. And after that, every time there was a new video home video format, 
everybody then looked to the porn industry. What's the porn industry going to choose? Like when DVD came up, like they were the first ones in it. And then when it came to the high def format, which is going to be, is it going to be HD DVD or Blu-ray? And everybody was sitting around waiting to see where Disney was going and where the porn industry was going. Yeah. And that's how Blu-ray was chosen over HD DVD. Is, is it a lesser format? It doesn't really matter. We're long past that. But they were the ones that were worried most about, about home video and porn and Roger Corman and trauma. They all took advantage of it. That's why our 80s video store nostalgia is so strong because there, there was fucking 10, 15 new movies out every week and it was sitting on the shelf that you've never heard of before. And you could always just, that's how movies like this get discovered. But this movie still made $4 million worldwide in movie theaters. That's wild to me. But Corman always had the global market, always. And uh, this just shows that. To still make $4 million yeah. on a movie that costs him 500000 is pretty crazy. No, man. I don't, was it Roger Corman's never lost money on a movie? No. <laughs> Yeah, this is a pretty fantastic movie. I mean, especially for what it is. I don't know if we, uh, you know, if we were to rank the top 10 Conan knockoffs, I don't know. Uh, this is definitely in the top five. I say top three. Top yeah. three. Yeah. yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. <laughs> it might, you know, today it'd be my number one. I'd have to go back. I'd have to seriously go back and look at things. Because um, I don't know that I think, uh, is Beastmaster a Conan knockoff? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. It is. Well, it's sort of... At the time, my drama teacher, she was out on maternity leave and we had a fill-in and that fill-in on the weekend was uh, doing Beastmaster. So we knew about Beastmaster and we were just filming it. We're like, oh, so when the, by the time the movie came out, we were, we were looking forward to it because we had heard about it <laughs> because he talked about a couple of scenes that he's, he's one of the guys that gets, gets melted into black goo by one of the giant bat guys. Dude, that's still such an effective thing, by the way. That, that yeah, whole. I guess Beastmaster, I would say it is definitely a Conan. And it also came out in 82, which is the same year as Conan. So it was probably just like, hey, this year's theme is sword and sorcery. Yeah, and sorcerers. And here's what's funny about this. Sorcerers came out in October of, of 82. They started shooting it a year before that. So they were start, they were shooting it just around right in the same time that Conan was being shot. Yeah. And... I would say, yeah, 81 was about when when Beastmaster was being shot, just because, like, yeah, I think I was, I think I was in seventh grade. That makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, dude, yes. I don't want to say that this is, I have a hard time. I, I got to peek at the next one. Yep. And I watched a little bit of it. And the next one is drastically different than these two movies that we just watched, based on what I've seen, like, the first seven or eight minutes of it so far. I had to stop watching it at work for, again, for obvious reasons. Yeah, right? It's like why I couldn't watch Dracula on a plane. <laughs> oh, shit. Anyway, so there we go. This is Sorceress. And we were trying to figure out our order of doing things. I'm glad we did it when we did it because our last yeah. one is going to be one that, honestly, I've never seen before. And the one after this is one I've never seen before. Um, at least with Sorceress and, and I thought I'd never seen Bar Barbarian Queen. Then I, and then my buddy from my childhood reminded me like, dude, we watched it like twice on our, one of our sleepovers. I'm like, oh, oh, it's like one of those things. Remember, remember back when we used to get HBO East and the HBO West? Oh yeah. If you had the black box that, that we never talk about. That black box, that, yes, that no one had. So we'd, we'd see, we'd, that was the best thing about having them because you could watch the East Coast booby movies if you want when you're doing a sleepover at a buddy's house, you know, three hours before everything else. I'm like, ooh, make a mark. We'll have to come back and watch that later on. Right. <laughs> it's the West Coast. 
Yes. Sorceress, it is. Sorceress gets two thumbs up. Here's the thing. It's not what you see in the poster. You, you, you never get that. You never get what's promised there. You get promised so much more. Dude. <laughs> the fact that, it, that what you see in the movie doesn't match that poster makes it all the better. This movie delivers everything that it promises in the trailer. Yes. I mean, maybe the poster, and depending on which poster, because there's a whole bunch of posters, like, I feel like this thing went... Oh, that's what's so funny about the... Okay, I'm going to put a few of the one-sheet posters on the Patreon uh, posting for the movie. Yes. But holy shit, dude, they're they're silent. If you've seen the movie, I'm like, that is nothing. That has, that has nothing to do with this movie. It's like, it's right. art for something else. And like, oh, that looks like a sword and sorcerer movie. Just put that out there. Look at, like, there's like four or five characters on the thing, and, you, and not one of them is even a stretch to be connected to the movie. I'm like, oh, maybe it's not supposed to, maybe that's this person. Maybe it's not, you, it's not even that. You don't even get that. Right. It's bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but this movie does not disappoint no. for, for what it is and for what we had hoped it would be. Like I said, I've watched it twice. I watched it Sunday morning. I know I was all jacked fucking go yesterday or Sunday right. to talk about it. <laughs> and then we didn't. And then I was like, God damn it. I got to watch it again. So I watched it again <laughs> so that it could be refreshed in my mind. I made, I made all dude, my notes for this. Look like it says greased pole, <laughs> pond scene, horn between legs. It's, it's Chaka. Yeah, I mean that's how I that's those are all the things I to remind myself of just how glorious and we and just this movie is off the chain, dude. God bless Jack Hill. When I yes, when I was describing who knew to somebody, and initially I said I called him. I had that's why I had to correct it to Big Lots because I said, "Oh yeah, it's pick and save Chaka," and they're like, "What tells pick and save?" Right. All right. Sorry. Big Lots. Big Lots. Big Lots. Chaka. You could call him five below, Chaka. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I guess so. I mean, that isn't really, I, doesn't, I don't know. There's it, nothing cool about five below. <laughs> I, I think, you know, it would have been more perfect for me to say Dollar Tree Chaka since they're all throwing their meth coconuts from the fucking tree. Yeah, dude, it's the best. This movie does not disappoint. <laughs> no. Holy shit. There you go. If you want to follow some of the socials, it's at Karate Pod on Twitter. Letterboxd and Insta. You can follow Corey on Insta at Culprit97 and on the Letterboxd at Corey underscore Culp. If you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at Rock and Roll 33 on your Instagram or you can follow me at Tragon. Tragon! At Letterboxd.com. That's Letterboxd.com. Tragon! 